We are going to um, switch up the pace a little bit here. And we have three of our modified youth. You know, it takes a lot to get up here. Those three steps, four steps, it's a lot to go from here to here. And they don't need a platform. It's just you guys freak them out a little bit. <laughs> so it's really, I, I appreciate their boldness and their courage to get up here and sing, to get up here to share the word as a few of them are going to do here in a minute. And then we've got a skit right after that. Guys, I'm going to let you guys do your skits in order, Mace, or, uh, speaking in order, Macy, then Tommy, then Grace, and then Grace and Kelly, go ahead and do your skit, and then I'll be back up after all that, okay? So first one up to the stage for us to share a little bit from the word is Miss Macy Tannehill. Okay, so most of you guys have a comfort circle, or square as I like to call it, right? And this, out of my comfort zone, definitely. And kids camp that I volunteered at was definitely out of my comfort zone. And even asking for more salt at the McDonald's drive-thru is out of my comfort zone. <laughs> so, first, I just wanna start off and say kids camp, such a blessing. Any part that you have in it, whether it's in the kitchen or a camp counselor for the week, it's such a blessing. And even the people that you work with and are volunteering with are such a blessing, including Aaron Landreth. He got me out of my comfort zone tremendously. Praying for adults can be scary. It really is. Because I've always had the fear of judgment and being like criticized for what I say whenever I pray. And one night, Aaron was up at the altar in no see kids and i just walked up there and all the kids were gathered around him once he started to get up i was like hey aaron is there anything that i can pray over you for he's like yeah there is and so we sat down at the altar he told me what was going on and i prayed over him it was like even a short two-minute prayer i think it was and it blessed him so much He's in tears just thinking about it. <laughs> and it, it just blessed me so much that I realized, hey, I don't have to be scared. I don't have to be fearful. Because in Roman, or Joshua 1, 1, 9, it says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That could be in the McDonald's drive-thru, up here at the altar anywhere he's with you and then also in Romans 8:28, it says and we know for all thing, things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose so if you're a man and you want to go out there and sleep with the kids I'm sure there'd be something that they're willing to pray over <laughs> even though they're teenage boys they'll probably be loud all night sorry in advance um it's just, it's such a blessing to work with the kids, even back in Adventureland, the three and four-year-olds. Whenever you get them singing this little line of mine and Jesus loves me, they will basically bust out your eardrums. <laughs> it, it really is such a blessing, and I know I've said that multiple times, but it, it is. I don't know how else to put it. So I'm going to leave you with one question. What can you do today, this week, this year, to get out of your comfort zone and praise Jesus.
Hello? Well, I'm getting out of my comfort zone right now. Great job, Macy. Also, church camp, always, always a blessing. Always. Whether you just see how it affects people or you go there, it's always a blessing. Uh, I am going to be in Jeremiah 29 today, if you guys would like to turn there. I'm going to talk a little bit while I wait. How's everybody doing today? Great job worshiping. Uh, if, if you guys have never gotten into worship, because I look around sometimes and I see that there are just people standing there with their hands in their pockets, it's really a great thing. It's a new experience every time you do it. You never really know what you're going to get, but it's always great. Really getting into worship, I love it. Uh, so today we're going to be at verse 8. Jeremiah 29, starting at verse 8. I'm going to be talking about worshiping false idols. Uh, A little nervous, out of my comfort zone. Verse 8. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams, because they are telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. So, false prophets, people that you'd look up to. I'd looked up to a prophet. I mean, it makes sense. They're, they're, They're prophets. They're prophesizing. Why wouldn't you look up to them? But false prophets? Do we have anything like that today? Well, yeah. Celebrities? They're not necessarily prophets, but they're people we look up to. Do you think there are some celebrities that we look up to that we probably shouldn't be looking up to? It, it says that you shouldn't idolize anybody above God, but sometimes we do, and you really shouldn't, because if they're not for God, they're against God. And so you might be idolizing somebody who seems like a good person, but, you know, darn, they're just, they're just not a Christian. They, they do all these good things, but... They're just not a Christian, and mm, that just sucks, but they do all these good things. No, that doesn't just suck. That's just bad. You shouldn't be idolizing people who aren't a Christian. You shouldn't be looking up to those kind of people. They set a bad example. And if you do look up to them, that's just an easier way for the devil to tempt you. Because by you looking up to them, they have power over you, and he'll just sit there and poke at you through them and just slowly get you to come to them. So if you guys are looking up to any false idols, anybody who's just not a Christian, darn, (laughs) uh, you you probably shouldn't. But you would think I would know by now, but <laughs> good job, guys. It's funny that he talks about idols because um, I'm going to talk about a story that we probably all know, but there's a little part that we probably skipped. So we're going to be in Daniel 3, um, verses 16 through 18. Um, we're talking about uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So you probably know the story, but just in case, here's a little recap. So, you know, these three men are under the rule of King Nebuchadnezzar, and the king 
had built a huge gold statue and he ordered everyone to bow to it and worship it. These three men, being the godly men that they were, refused to bow to it. They knew their God was the only one who deserved their praise. So King Nebuchadnezzar is like, well, I'm a pretty good and generous king, so I'm going to confront these guys. Surely this isn't right. So he calls them in, you know, and he's like, listen, I'm pretty fond of you guys, and so this must be a misunderstanding, so I'm going to give you another chance because I'm just cool like that. So go ahead. I know you weren't thinking, so just go ahead and bow. And they're like, uh, no. And so we're going to read about what happened when they said no. And I almost forgot an important little detail. When you didn't bow, you were thrown into a furnace. So it wasn't exactly a slap on the hand. So it says in verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. There is a little part in there that we probably want to skip over, but even if he doesn't, uh, we don't want to think about that probably too much because if we're praying for something or we're believing in something, we don't want to think about if God doesn't do it. I mean, that part kind of stinks. We want our way. And our way is for what we pray to happen to happen. We, you know, but unfortunately, our will is very different from God's will. And much to our dismay, we're nowhere near as wise as God is. So this is a situation where we have to trust God. And we have to remember two things, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. First of all, they knew that their God was good. And we have to remember that too. These three men have a great story, and God showed up in their life. So they have situations that they can hold on to in situations like this, and we have that too. God is good, and it's not that hard to see that. I mean, just breathe. He gave you breath. I mean, look around. He gave you the people you love. He gave you the sky. So many great things. So that part may not be so hard. I mean, but if you're facing a situation where things aren't going the way you want them to, then maybe you might forget that. And we also have to remember that he is able. In verse 17, it says, If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. So they knew he was able. It was no, there was no doubt about that. And sometimes we can forget that when he's not doing what we want. We think, well, maybe he just can. Well, he can. It's no question of whether or not he can. Because he definitely can. He's all-powerful and all-knowing. And he has everything in his power to do whatever, you know? He's fully capable, and we have to remember that. So we can't get discouraged if things don't go our way because we, it doesn't take away from his goodness or his power. I mean, he's still the same God that's done amazing miracles for us. So if these three men can face a fiery furnace I, and remember these two things, that he's able and he's good, I think that we should be able to remember those in our life, even though it's kind of hard sometimes. And just remember, trust in his will, that his will is better because he has great plans for us. And we just have to hope. We have to have hope. And to help you out with that hope, I'll give you a little spoiler. They were thrown into the fire. But, <laughs> but God saved them. That furnace was burning seven times hotter than usual, so hot that it burned and killed the guards that threw them in, and they weren't touched. So they were right. God did save them, but they had to remember that he was good, 
and he was able because they didn't know for sure that he was going to save them. They didn't know God's will, and we don't either. But God was walking with them in that furnace, and he walks with us, so we shouldn't worry too much. So, And also, yeah, that's all I have, but a little uh, thing. When I carry that paper in my skit, a little intro to my skit, it says flaws and mistakes. I realize you guys might not be able to read that. So my, it says flaws and mistakes, just so you know. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me help. Uh, uh, I've, I've got it. Thank you. Thank you. Wait, Jesus? Yep, it's me. What are you doing here? Well, I was thinking about taking a stroll on one of the Great Lakes. Oh, you mean to the Great Lakes? Well, as a matter of fact, on them. What? Oh, right. right. I forget you walk on water. <laughs> you, you can't, you can't see these. Okay, um, could you just, like, turn around or something, please? Well, if that's what you want. <sighs> Thank you. Oh dear, I'm so sorry you got mixed up in that one. What? What are you talking about? Addiction. It's a controlling, nasty thing, really. I thought you weren't going to... <sighs> okay, can we like, can you take a couple steps this way, please, and face the wall? And uh, close your eyes, too, please. Okay. Ah, I'm afraid that one sinks his claws in rather deep as well. What? Lying. How could you possibly see from that far away? I already know all the sins, flaws, and mistakes on those papers. I know. They cannot be hidden from me. But I've tried really hard to keep these a secret. I haven't told anybody. I mean, especially you. You're literally perfect. I know about your grace, and your love, and your mercy. I don't want to lose those things. So please, just don't look too closely at what I've done, okay? I know the way you see me will change. Dear child, I've always known. Every thought, every sin, every mistake, I've seen them all. I've seen them all even as I chose you, even as I died for you. I looked at all the things that you see as flaws, and I decided that you were worth dying for. So don't think that you ever have to hide anything from me, daughter. I still love you with a love like no other, and nothing can change that. Here. These things cannot be hidden from me, but do they not change the everlasting love that I have for you? You do not need to carry these around. They do not define you. <laughs> Powerful skit. Uh, I'm a softy. I start crying no matter what now, so... So true. I mean, a lot of us, for years I walked around with guilt. Sometimes if I don't, I'm not careful, that, that still rears its ugly head up when you make mistakes and you mess up. 
and you feel like you let God down and you let Jesus down, that he still knows, he still forgives, and he still loves us. And we need to remember that. Amen. Grace Herman. Well, first of all, great job to first all the kids that were up here sharing God's word. Can you give them a hand? And I always ask them what they're going to talk about because I want to get a little heads up, make sure it's all good and kosher. But I didn't go into too much detail with them. And then Grace started preaching my sermon this morning. <laughs> But I look at that as like, ah, what'd you do that as a God's lining things up and doing exactly what he wants to do in this place this morning. So that was really neat, uh, really powerful, the word they share, the skit. Grace, did you write that? Where's she at? She wrote that skit also. I just love to see our youth uh, plugging into what God has for them and operating in their calling and staying faithful to that. Um, the first verse we're going to look at, and all in this morning, and I'm not going to preach long. I was raised Pentecostal, so when we say that, <laughs> usually it means an hour and ten minutes or so. Matthew 22, starting in verse 34 is where we're going to start, but then we're going to get to where Grace was kind of hitting on, and I'm going to get it all in within 12 minutes. Matthew 22, starting in verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And I realize I just had a couple scriptures on the screen to go with that. But again, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Amen? Amen. Now, let's flip over to where Grace was at in Daniel. Bear with me, I got tons of sticky notes in here. And no regular notes, so. I'm just going to preach right out of the word today. I do it every week, but you know what I mean. Daniel chapter 3. Love you, Lord. You're good. And we're going to start in verse 1. Talking about all in this morning, all in, in our life with Jesus. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Now this gold statue, he had just had a dream in the chapter before this. And no one could interpret it except for Daniel. And the actual dream, the statue just had a gold head on it, which represented Nebuchadnezzar and his kingdom. And then under that, it was different things, and iron and bronze and clay to represent other kingdoms. But you'll notice here that he didn't take the dream that God had given him and put it how it was supposed to be. He made this statue in complete gold 
to, to signify that I am in charge. My kingdom will reign forever. So right before this in chapter 2, he's praising Daniel's God, the one and only true God, for interpreting this dream and giving it to him. But it didn't take long where his faith now is not anymore with Daniel's God. It's in himself and his kingdom that he is building. So he makes this statue in complete gold for everybody to worship. And we'll go on in chapter 2. Then he sent messages to the high officials, officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. Now, nothing wrong with government. Not really. We need the government. We need the laws. We need everything done. The Bible talks about that. But when the government starts to go against this, we have issues. We have problems. This trumps it all. Okay? We live according to this, and when the government gets out of line with things that they're trying to push upon us, like Nebuchadnezzar, he was, he was powerful. The most powerful man that was on the earth at that time. He was the most powerful, in control, dictatorship. This is the way it's going to be. You're all going to bow down. You're going to worship, and I'm in control of this. So it's my way or the highway. And I think a lot of times our government and those in power push things on us and say, this is the way it's going to be. You're just going to have to get used to it. And that's all there is to it. But we don't live in a dictatorship. We are in a democracy. We are allowed to voice our voice and believe how we want to believe the one true way. And we are allowed to stand up and say, that's not right. That goes against this. We're allowed to do that in our democracy. Okay, let's go on. Chapter, or verse 3. So all these officials came and stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shouted out, People of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, bowed to the ground and worshipped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But some of the astrologers, who were these astrologers, they were the ones that could not interpret his dream. And Daniel comes along and interprets it. So there's a little jealousy going on here. They notice right away that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were assistants to, to Daniel, were not bowing down. So they went to the king and informed on the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, Long live the king. You issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all musical instruments. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. And again, Nebuchadnezzar is not someone you want to mess with and you don't want to make him upset. He's in charge of everything. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, it is, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? Now, I give Nebuchadnezzar props on this. 
A lot of times when we hear something that somebody did wrong, what do we do? We run with it. His leadership, at least he brought them in to question them himself and didn't just believe the word of somebody else. That's props for that, okay? Is it true that you refuse to serve my gods or worship the gold statue I've set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace and then what God will, what God will be able to rescue you from my power. Now their stand they're taking here did not just start right then. If you look back in chapter one, they refused the king's food in the first place and said, no, we're just going to do this and not defile our bodies. So this had already been set up. Uh, when we have things come in our life, it's not right that moment that you decide, oh, I'm going to take a stand. It's everything you've done up to that point that's helped you take that stand for God. Like whatever situation pops up in my life, it's everything I've done leading up to that that's going to show how we respond to who God is in my life. So they were prepared. They were ready. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we were thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, Grace hit on this well, even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Some important things in this. If you will compromise the small things right now in your life, one of the small things in our walk with Jesus, our life with Jesus, reading your word, worshiping, praying, encouraging others, witnessing, if you will compromise those things now, what do you think is going to happen to you when something comes up against you? If you will compromise time alone with the Lord, being in his word, building yourself, encouraging yourself in the Lord, if you will compromise those things now, I worry about me, I worry about you when things come up in your life that are too much for you to handle. That's just truth. These guys also understood submission to God. That even if he doesn't, we're still going to serve him and we're not going to bow down. Submission. Like, no matter what, God. Even if, if you, you take this cancer away from me, or even if uh, you fix this in my life and you restore this, even if you don't do these things, if, even if it doesn't happen for me, I'm still submitted to you. And I'm not going to bow down, and I'm not going to be afraid because you're with me. This, this situation, the reality of it, you have to understand, you know, again, Nebuchadnezzar is the meanest person. I mean, he's in a rage, and he's the most powerful person there is. And the reality is that here they are. Maybe they weren't the only ones, but they were the ones that were singled out. Here they are, refusing to bow down in the midst of all of these people, the, the pressure that they had to face in that moment to adhere like everybody. And, and some people do that. When the pressure comes, we fold. I'll just, God knows my heart. I'll just go ahead and do this anyway. They could have done that. They could have said, you know what? I mean, we're, we're good with God. We'll get forgiveness for this. Let's just, let's just submit to him and not have to deal with what's coming. This is huge, what they were getting ready to deal with. The reality of this situation. But there's another reality and there's another realness that comes from knowing God. They understood, you can throw us in there. That's real. 
And they could have judged their situation based on that and said, okay, we'll bow down. We don't want to go through that. But they understood that their God was also real. And that was the reality of their situation. They could have just said, you know what? This, I'm just, I just can't do it. They understood submission. They understood surrender. They understand what a life with Jesus meant and a life serving, uh, serving God meant. And they understood that it doesn't matter. Do what you got to do to us. Our lives are sold out for him. And that speaks to me. Because I see myself and I see others get so tripped up by little things in life. Pressures of life. That we forget that we are supposed to be all in with him no matter what. Oh, but this happened, Rick. All in. It doesn't matter. Even if it doesn't go how you thought it should have. All in. All in. We want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. It's not going to happen. So do what you want to us. And grace went into what happened. We know what happened. There's another in the fire. But I love the boldness that even if he doesn't, we'll still serve him. I love it. All in. And I wanted to read a couple other scriptures to you guys real quick as we bounce around. They will not be on the screen, but if you want to just take a couple notes as I close here. 1 Kings 8, verse 61. Just some encouragement for us to be all in and understand what this means. And you may be completely faithful to the Lord our God. And may you be completely faithful to the Lord our God. May you always obey his decrees and commands just as you are doing today. Let me jump to another one. Acts 2, 42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Devoted themselves. Let me go to another one. Psalm 145, 1 through 4, I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most, wor most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. Oh, he's good. Another one. Psalm 16, 8 through 11. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. I know the Lord's always with me. I will not be shaken, no matter what comes in this life. No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My body rests in safety, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Submission, surrender, all in life with Jesus. Are we all in this morning? Do we wake up and God's on our mind? Do we go about our day? How can I be like you today, Jesus? Continue this sanctification process in me and clean me up. Make me every day more like you. Because I want to be all in. And as I got this together, I'm, I'm lacking in this. I need to be all in every day more than I am now. And I challenge you to do the same. 
Don't bow down to what the world's pushing on us. Don't miss those opportunities when you have a chance to minister the gospel to people. Well, I'm not a preacher. We're all preachers. Go. Go. We're all supposed to be going. It may, the gospel may look like a lot of different things. You see somebody in line at Walmart that's struggling and having a hard time, talk to them. Let me tell you about Jesus because I see you're hurting, I see you're struggling, I see you're going through some things. Let me buy your groceries if you don't have enough money. You know, the Holy Spirit, as you get closer to him, he reveals things to you, and I'm trying to hurry. He reveals things to you and lets you know what you need to do in that situation. We don't always listen. He tells us, that person needs my love. You need to be in that spot right there doing what I've called you to do. And sometimes we are not totally submitted to that and we just walk on past it. Listen, when we're all in, he will let us know what he wants us to do. He will speak through us and to us and be able to minister to other people. I don't know what it looks like when we share the gospel for, with people, but there's so many different opportunities to show God's love. Besides, you know, Aaron's always, he's always says, thumping somebody over the head with a Bible. There's so many other things we can do, little things that lets people know, man, they're all in with Jesus. They're all in. Praise your name, Lord. Life with Jesus. This is what this, I know this is usually a baptismal tank. Life with Jesus. All in. I do things a little different sometimes. Life with Jesus. Yes, there is water in here. Here's, here's some of us. This is life with Jesus, okay? That's good. That's all we want. I gave my heart to Jesus. I believe in him. That's enough for me. You just test the waters every once in a while. Yep, he's still Jesus. And that's all anybody wants. But, you know, I've preached to our youth group since the day I came here that God has all kinds of power and authority that he wants you to walk in. And you don't get it by just a little bit. That's not all in. We've been walking around as a church, not just Orchardville, but as a church in general, weak enough for long enough. That we should be standing up and fighting, not physically, but fighting for what we believe in and who our God is and what his son did for us. And not just sitting by and accepting the way things are. All in. So there's the ones that, you know, there's Christians that this is all they want. That's, that's fine if that's you, but I, I want more. I want to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I want to see miracles. I want my kids to see miracles. I want my kids to tell their kids about the miracles of God and raise them up in the same thing. So some of us get, we'll get in. We'll wait around a little bit. We'll show up to church every other week or something. We might even pray a couple times a week. We're not all the way in yet, though. Church is just something to do to add to my week. Uh, I may get there when I can. I believe in Jesus. I'll get there when I can. I'll do, you know, I'll serve every once in a while. But I don't want to do all, I don't want to be all in. 
I don't want to be sold out like some Jesus freak. There's others that say, well, I do want more. I want more than just, just waiting around. I, I want it all. I want everything that that Bible talks about. I want to operate in that. And I don't care who sees me. I don't care what they think about me. And some of you will get a little farther in. You're like, oh, man, this is good. Man, this life with Jesus is good. You ought to get in here. You ought to be all in too. And then when, when you're this far down, when you're this far in and you're all in on Jesus, then you start to see God do things. You see, you see God start moving in situations. You see things happen. But then you still have moments where, why can't I always stay in that? Well, maybe you're not all in yet. Because I don't think God turns it on and off, the anointing that he pours over our lives. We turn it on and off. All in. So today, I'm, I'm, I'm saying to myself, I want it all. I want to start having a, a different kind of boldness and courage that I'm going to preach and speak and love and, and care for people in a way that I never have before. For my family, for my friends, for the church, for people I don't even know. When they walk away from me, I want them to say, he's all in. He believes what he's talking about. And there's evidence of the fruit in his life. So this morning, I'm encouraging you guys. Be all in. Don't just sit there and be satisfied with a little bit of Jesus when he wants to pour it all out on you. He wants us all in. This is what I want. I want it all. I want, I want to operate and move in everything that God wants me to move in and operate in. You guys can stay standing. We're going to start a worship song. I'm not going to pray over people soaking wet. But I'm encouraging this morning, all in. All in. All in. Church, if we'll get on board with this as a group, you can't even imagine the things that God's going to do in this place. You can think about them right now, but when we get all in together and we operate in all that God has for us, you don't even understand what he's going to do in this place. We can't explain it. So as George comes forward, he's going to start the altar call. If you want to be all in, you don't even have to go to George. Just find yourself a place at this altar and say, God, I want to go all in. I played around long enough in this relationship with you. I want to be all in. I want everything that you have for me and my family, God. I want to be all in. Lord, I want to share your love like I never have before. Help me be all in. Or if you need healing for your body, whatever it is. But this call to be all in, find a place at the altar and respond to what God's saying to your heart. Let go of hurts, let go of pains, and get all in with him. And watch what he does in your life. Amen. Go ahead and turn that up and worship and just respond in prayer this morning.